The Last Word with Matt Cooper. We would love your comments, please, on Sinead O'Connor. We will read them out after five o'clock this evening on the programme, as well as some of those that have been made uh, by famous people and by politicians and by others. Uh, There was a statement from the Met Police in London today about the circumstances of Sinead O'Connor's death, the news of which we brought you on the programme yesterday evening. And we reacted quickly and I suppose emotionally to it, uh, given the shock of the circumstances. And uh, we hope that if you were listening with us, that you feel it was done appropriately. The statement for the Met Police in London this morning said the police were called at 11.18 hours yesterday morning to reports of an unresponsive woman as a residential area in the SE24 area, Hearn Hill, in South London. Uh, the statement said that officers attended a 56-year-old woman was pronounced dead at the scene next to kin have been notified and the death has not been treated as suspicious. A file has been prepared for the coroner, police said. What we've done is we've put together a montage of some of Sinead O'Connor's work and because we want to play it uninterrupted by ad break, we're restructuring the programme a little bit tonight, the first half hour, to allow us to do that in just a few moments. The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Sinead O'Connor was and is one of Ireland's great voices either singing or campaigning or arguing or explaining a voice laden with emotion and purpose distinctive, recognisable and listened to Yesterday we learnt that Sinead O'Connor's voice had fallen silent She had died at the age of just 56 To all who loved her, our sympathies Thankfully we are left with many recordings of that voice to provide enjoyment and inspiration for years and generations to come and that's what we're going to concentrate on hearing today on The Last Word her own songs, her interpretations of songs written by others her recorded studio performances her live ones, her spoken word, both in extracts from her 2021 memoir which she recorded from audio and from interviews she gave over the years because that voice will continue to resonate even now that she is gone it'll be remembered and it will be celebrated as we do here today Her death came as a shock, even if many had held fears for her well-being over the years. She was undoubtedly a strong-minded woman with passionate and well-thought-out beliefs. But there were times when her mental health was troubled, when the things she cared about so passionately overwhelmed her and left her vulnerable. She lived with tragedy too, especially the passing of her youngest son Shane, aged just 17, early in 2022. As well as her strengths, her vulnerability was so often on display and both informed and drove her art. That attracted so many people to her, made someone to care for her, but, unfortunately, sometimes left her open to exploitation, as she acknowledged in her memoir. Not everyone treated her well or appropriately. The maelstrom in which she lived created a fear for many that her path in life would be shorter than for others, and so sadly it proved to be. But enough of that for now, because she was clearly loved as the outpouring of genuine emotion and grief and sorrow since the news of her death has demonstrated. So let's hear and celebrate that voice. I have to give you a warning that some of the language, just as Sinead was, can be strong. So please don't be offended by that. But we've kept it in because it is the real Sinead O'Connor. We hope you enjoy her voice from this collection.
died, myself and my siblings went inside her house for the first time in several years, our own secrets to seek, not hers. There were still broken plastic swans in the bathroom, resolute, long-necked, frozen, as if nothing had happened. I took down from her bedroom wall the only photo she ever had up there, which was of Pope John Paul II. It was taken when he visited Ireland in 1979. Young people of Ireland, he had said after making a show of kissing the ground at Dublin Airport like the flight had been overly frightening. I love you. What a load of claptrap. Nobody loved us, not even God. Sure, even our mothers and fathers couldn't stand us. In 1978, Bob Geldof ripped up a photo of Olivia Newton-John and John Travolta on top of the Pops because their shit record Summer Nights had been number one for seven weeks and finally Geldof's Boomtown Rat single Rat Trap had taken over. My intention had always been to destroy my mother's photo of the Pope. It represented lies and liars and abuse. The type of people who kept these things were devils like my mother. I never knew when or where or how I would destroy it, but destroy it I would when the right moment came. And with that in mind, I carefully brought it everywhere I lived from that day forward, because nobody ever gave a shit about the children of Ireland.
I sing war a cappella. No one suspects a thing. But at the end, I don't hold up the child's picture. I hold up JP2's photo and then rip it into pieces. I yell, fight a real enemy. Total stunned silence in the audience. And when I walk backstage, literally not a human being is in sight. All doors have closed. Everyone has vanished, including my own manager, who locks himself in his room for three days and unplugs his phone. Everyone wants a pop star, see. But I'm a protest singer. I just had stuff to get off my chest. I am in my dressing room with my personal assistant, Kira. We pack up my bags and leave the building. Outside 30 Rock, two young men are waiting for me and they throw a load of eggs at us both. But what they don't know is myself and Kira are able to run 100 metres in 11.3 seconds. So we run after them when they flee. We catch up with them in some alley. They are leaning, gasping for breath against a black fence they didn't have the strength to climb. All we say laughing at them is, hey, don't be throwing eggs at women. The two of them are so shocked at being chased and caught that they start laughing too, and it all ends very friendly. They straighten up and help us find a cab back to the hotel. The matter is being discussed on the news, and we learn that I'm banned from NBC for life. This hurts me a lot less than rapes hurt those Irish children. this little letter because I want you to either print it out and stick it on your mirror or have it tattooed on the inside of your lovely eyelids so you never doubt or blame yourself and or my mother for my behaviour or my mental health conditions. So here it is. Sinead, who happens by the utterly meaningless science of Allah to be yours and Mary's beloved daughter, was born 
through zero fault of yours or her mother's, with a set of brain abnormalities stemming from the O'Grady DNA that manifest in the form of mental illness. Sinead also suffered at age 11 an extremely serious head injury when a boy on a train going full speed through Blackrock Station opened a door outward and it hit her as she stood on the platform. It has been scientifically proven that such head injuries can cause mental illness or make worse any mental illness a soul might have been born with. Therefore, please know that your daughter would have been as nutty as a fucking fruitcake and as crazy as a loon, even if she'd had St. Joseph and the Virgin Mary for parents and grown up in the little house on the prairie. Nothing in Sinead's childhood environment or experience caused her mental illnesses. The evidence of this being fact is the rock-solid sanity of yours and Mary's other three children. Make me a channel of your peace Where there's despair in life Let me bring hope Where there is darkness Let me In the 
foam shame Sunburn with freezer burn Choking on the ashes of her enemy In the sun, in the sun I feel as one In the sun, in the sun I love disco music too, Sister Sledge and all that stuff. I've heard lots of songs on the radio in the car and we always watch Top of the Pops. I love 5446 was my number. And I love the reggae song The Israelites too and Uptown Top Rankin. I never heard any reggae except those three songs and I love them. I wish I knew what Strictly Roots from Uptown Top Rankin means. I heard the impressions too. They have a song called Fool For You, about a man who loves a woman who is mean to him. It's clever because they made the music sound like a fool flopping about the place. I also love David Bowie. I saw him as part of Mark Boland's show. I don't know what to think of Mark Boland, because it seems like he's pretending to be someone. But David Bowie isn't pretending. He's not boring or square and singing like teachers tell everyone to sing. He has his own voice. Mark Bolin has someone else's voice. I think he doesn't like himself, because he wouldn't need someone else's voice if he liked his own. I saw another reggae man called Bob Marley on the telly. He had on a blue shirt, and he had really long hair all in sections. I was up really late. He was singing about stirring something up, but I didn't know what he meant. Today is April 5th, 2020. The world is on lockdown. No one knows when or in what form life will return to normal, as if it ever was before. The way we've been living, maybe it will change. We might continue to love each other as much as we currently are by staying home. You just never know. But there's going to be a journey through seven hells. I can somewhat help some loved ones negotiate this, having had plenty of training in such travels. When one lives with the devil, one finds out there's a God. As it is, as I said, I'm sitting on my ass doing nothing but gaining weight. So I decided to start school in autumn 2020 and go out on tour again, I hope, in the summer of 2021. 
I've made my mind up to do it and put the money aside for it now while I have it. Then between albums and tours I'll have an occupation, not be sitting around for a year at a time with nothing but idle hands. Because of the virus, it feels like the end of the world and the beginning of another. Maybe a better one. Voice of Sinead O'Connor. That's a track called Fourth and Vine. We had Nothing Compares to You live from the Late Late Show in 2019 at the start. Her version of Don't Cry for Me, Argentina. Her version of Snow Patrol's Run. Uh, also from the Late Late Show from 1993, Make Me a Channel of Your Peace. We also heard her talking to Gay Byrne, the presenter of the Late Late Show at the time, who had such an extraordinary on-screen relationship with Sinead. Um, we also had All Apologies as another track and Vampire from the album Throw Down Your Arms and a number of extracts from her memoir Rememberings which came out a couple of years ago which we used because we believed that they really gave an enormous illustration of the woman that Sinead was and her self-awareness of the various issues that she lived through through her life. My thanks to my colleague Orla Kearney who's done tremendous work in putting all of that together and we just decided it would be good for the first half hour of the programme instead of talking about Sinead O'Connor as we did at the end of last night's programme and expressing our admiration for her that we would just let you hear her at her best as a writer, as a performer, as an artist, as a person. There's been many lovely tributes paid to the late Sinead O'Connor. There's one that caught my attention on Twitter, which I thought was really well written and it wasn't showy and it wasn't trying to get attention for himself from the Australian actor Russell Crowe. I'm just going to read it. It says, last year working in Ireland, having a pint in the cold outside a dorky pub with some new friends, a woman with purpose strode past us. Puffy Parker zipped to the nape and her bowed head covered in a scarf. One of my new friends muttered an explanation jumped up and pursued the woman. 30 metres down the road, the friend and the woman embraced and he waved me over. There under the streetlights, with mist in my breath, I met Sinead. She looked in my eyes and uttered with disarming softness, 
Oh, it's you, Russell. She came back with us to the table and sat in the cold and ordered a hot tea. In conversation without fences, we roamed through the recent Dublin heatwave, local politics, um, sorry, local politics, American politics, the ongoing fight for Indigenous recognition in many places, but particularly in Australia, her warm memory of New Zealand, faith, music, movies, and her brother, the writer. I had the opportunity to tell her she was a hero of mine. When her second cup was taking on the night air, she rose and braced us all and strode away into the fog-dimmed streetlights. We sat there, the four of us, and variously expressed the same thing. What an amazing woman. Peace be with your courageous heart, Sinead. Lovely tribute from Russell Crowe. And this is something that has, I think, it affected people all over the world. We've had an enormous number of comments from listeners have come in in regard to that tribute that we put together in the first half hour. We're, we're deliberately, we decided that we would just hear Sinead's voice speaking, reading from her memoir, uh, also uh, doing interviews and, of course, singing, for which she will be known best. And we will have that up as a podcast later for you if you missed it, uh, the work that Orla Carney did, pulling all that together. So here are just some of your comments. Uh, what a lovely tribute to a female artist and legend. The stream, the tears are streaming down my face in between the laughter at Sinead's fabulous tales. I hope she's at peace now with her darling son and I hope all our loved ones she's left behind will take some comfort from the legacy Sinead has left behind. Another one. It was with deep sadness that I learned of Sinead's passing yesterday. She was an immensely brave and courageous woman. Not to mention the glorious voice. If only there were more like her in Ireland and less of those who just follow the herd. Another one says, Sinead is my favourite person of all time. The only person I've known who's always spoken the truth. No filter, just honest, and yet was vilified for it. Spoke up about sex abuse in the church back in the 1980s when nobody else would. Absolutely devastated. She is gone. Uh, that's something that John Cadell referred to last night in our item last night when... Unfortunately, we were in a position when, well, we broke the news here <coughs> as it was coming out about Sinead O'Connor's death and we reacted immediately to it and John came back into the studio and that was a point that he made very forcibly that she had been very, very brave in the way that she had spoken out in relation to social issues in Ireland in the late 20th century when you got stigmatised for doing so and indeed, as we heard in that lengthy piece earlier before five o'clock when, of course, even in the United States where she got attacked for that Another one here says, loved Sinead, o Sinead O'Connor's voice so much, grew up in such an old-fashioned, stigmatised Ireland, and then she would appear on TV and say something mind-blowingly different to every other person. Ten years old, taught not to answer back her question, and that this lady did exactly that. Another one says, I'm so emotional in listening to that rendition of Don't Cry For Me, Argentina. I have goosebumps. Never let us forget Sinead. Another one says, Sinead could, could have sung the entire phone book, and her voice was would still enthrall you. And another one says, I never heard Make Me a Channel of Your Peace sung so beautifully. I'm in tears listening to the voice of an angel. R.I.P. Sinead, your light will shine brightly for a long time to come. And your beautiful smile, says Marie in Monaghan. The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from 4.30. Today.